Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Amen. Have your Bibles, please turn with me to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, reading from verse 18, the Bible says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her, divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill. What the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you shall give him the name Emmanuel which means God with us. And so, Father, we thank you. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your presence. Come against every preconceived idea, bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just let there be freedom to speak this word, Lord God. There be nothing in me that hinders the delivery of this word. Let there be a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Let your gifts be in operation. Speak to us by the Holy Spirit today, I pray, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to speak this morning on the subject, uh, the promise of Christmas. I want to speak on the subject, the promise of Christmas. One of the key themes uh, in the Christmas story uh, is the theme of promise. Angel appears to Mary, uh, tells her that she's going to have a baby. This is the account in the book of Luke, in the gospel of Luke. She's afraid at first. She questions the angel, well, how am I going to have a baby? I'm not even married. And, and, and the angel says, this is going to be by the Holy Spirit. And she finally accepts that as a reality. Uh, and then, uh, and then as, you, as you read on in, the, in Luke, uh, she then breaks out in song, you know, and, um, uh, and it's a song of praise to God. It's recorded and it's known as the Magnificat and it's recorded in the Gospel of Luke, just a powerful song of praise to what, about what God God is doing. And in the song, she says, He has helped His servant Israel and remembered to be merciful, for He made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. It's, an, it's, a, it's a great scripture there. She makes reference to the promise that God had made previously through the prophets, through Abraham and the, and, the, and, and the ancestors. She's praising God because way back in Genesis 12, God made a promise to Abraham that through his offspring, all the world would be, would be blessed, that through his offerings, uh, offspring, they would be delivered from, from oppression of the enemy. And this promise was actually being fulfilled before her very eyes. Here was Jesus coming into into the world. I, I want you to know that the story of Christmas reminds us. It reminds us of a powerful truth to each and every one of us that the God that we serve, He's a He's the God who is a promise maker and He is a promise keeper. He is a promise maker, the God that we serve. He's a promise maker and He is a 
promise keeper in the name of Jesus. Come on, would you say it with me on the screen? I'm going to be listening out for you on the screen. Say it with me. God is a promise maker. Come on. And he's a promise keeper. One more time. God is a promise maker. God is a promise keeper. That's exactly right. Not only does he make promises, general promises to people, but then there are the individual promises he makes to to you and I. And here's a promise for Mary. This was a promise for Abraham. And and God wants to speak to us because the character of God, the nature of God is that he is a, a, a promise maker and a promise keeper. All throughout the Bible, we see this theme come up again and again. Listen to what Solomon said when he dedicated the temple of the Lord. He said, Lord, the God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven or on earth. You who keep your covenant or promise of love with your servants who continue wholeheartedly uh, in your ways. You have kept your promise to your servant, David, my father. With your mouth, you have promised and with your hand, you have fulfilled as it is today. And now, Lord, the God of Israel, let your word that you promised your servant David come true. There, there, there it is right there. God, you've, you've made a promise and, and you fulfilled that promise. The whole relationship, our whole relationship with God is based uh, around the concept that God makes and keeps promises. God says, pray. It's a promise. It's a promise. If you pray, I'm going to listen. If you pray, I'm going to answer. It's a promise from God. God says, obey. I'm going to bless you. Here's some principles. I'm going to give you these principles. If you follow these principles, I'm going to bless you. If you give, I'm going to prosper you. The word promise comes from the Latin word promitere. Pro meaning forward. Mitere meaning to send uh, or to place. What it's saying is I'm going to place this promise into the future. And if there's ever a time where we need to understand the power of a promise, it's today. It's when we're surrounded by challenges and difficulties and uncertainty. Even if it seems like the world is falling apart and we don't know what's going to happen next, what can help us in these times is a promise. What can guide us through the season of challenges is a promise. The promise becomes an anchor that we, uh, that we hang on to. It's a beacon that we look towards in a challenging season. David said this, he said, I would have despaired. Unless I'd believe that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He, he said, I, I would have despaired. I, I almost gave in, gave in uh, to hopelessness. But what helped me through was the promise that God is a good God. And I, and I believe this promise. And I stand on the promises of God. And I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for that promise to, to, to come. You know, I was, I was going through a difficult time. I, I, I couldn't see my way through. But what got me through was a promise. The promise becomes an anchor. The promise becomes a, it's a beacon of light. You know, I, I, I can't see where I'm going. I, I, I don't know what's happening around me. I, I don't know how I'm going to get through the situation that I have, that I'm in right now. I, I don't know how I'm going to get through this season. But one thing I know is that God has given me a promise. And I know the nature and the character of God, that God is a promise maker and He is a promise keeper. God is not a man that He should lie, nor the Son of Man that He should change His mind. What He has said He will do, what He has promised shall come to pass. It's the kind of God that we serve. And the Bible is filled with promises. Christmas reminds us of the power of God's promises. Today, I want to consider one of these promises. I want to consider one of the promises that God made to the people of Israel and to us. So read in our text, it was read in our text, the Gospel of Matthew tells us as a matter of fact that Mary was a virgin. Became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. 
Now, understandably, Joseph, uh, who's engaged to be married to, is a little bit nervous about the whole story. Um, so, so he has a plan because he's a righteous man. Or Joe's and Joseph's are righteous people. You know how it is, you know. That wasn't that funny. Was it? And he has, he has his plan in his mind uh, to, to divorce her quietly. So as he's sleeping, an angel appears to him and says to him, it's all good. She's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son. And you, give him, and you are to give him the name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Oh, I love the way Matthew, the Levite, the tax collector, um, anchors this event in a promise of the Old Testament. A promise that was given by Isaiah around 700 years uh, before Christ. He says, all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son. And they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means that God is with us. Here was a prophecy that was given 700 years before Christ was even born. And here's an event that's taking place that fulfills that promise. And Matthew grabs a hold of that and anchors this whole story into that. The real question is, what does it mean to us today? What does this promise mean for us today. Now, most of us that have grown up in church uh, are familiar with the term Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And it's almost become a cliche within the context of church. We know about it. We sing songs about it. But I pray that today that we would get a revelation of this powerful truth, that in this day and age of uncertainty, of hopelessness, of anxiety and stress and fear, that one of the things that we need above all else is a revelation that God is with us, that God has not forgotten us, that God has not abandoned us. For those who were hearing this for the very first time, this would have been a mighty revelation. You see, up to then, the only description of God they had was of God being a terrifying God or an angry God, a holy God, that no one could get near Him. But now God reveals Himself as Emmanuel. God is is with us. And he's not just physically near. He was physically near for the people that were, were there in, in, in the New Testament some 2,000 years ago. But God is more than that. He wants to be more than that. He wants to be emotionally near, spiritually near. He wants us to have a close and intimate relationship with you and with me. Spurgeon preached a sermon out of this text in 1854 on Christmas Eve. Preached out of this very text. This is what he said. He said, Emmanuel, it is wisdom's mystery, God with us. Sages look at it and wonder. Angels desire to see it. The plumb line of reason cannot reach halfway into its depths. The eagle wings of science cannot fly so high. And the piercing eye of the vulture of research cannot see it. God with us. It is hell's terror. Satan trembles at the sound of it. His legions fly apace. The black-winged dragon of the pit quails before it. Let Satan come to you suddenly. And do you but whisper that word, God with us. Back he falls, confounded and confused. Satan trembles when he hears that name, God with us. 
It is the laborer's strength. How could we preach the gospel? How could he bend his knees in prayer? How could the missionary go into foreign lands? How could the martyr stand at the stake? How could the confessor acknowledge his master? How could men labor if that one word were taken away? God with us, Emmanuel. It's the sufferer's comfort. It's the balm of his woe. It's the uh, elevation. Elevation, uh, alleviation of his misery. It's the sleep which God gives to his beloved. It's the rest after exertion and toil. God with us. It's eternity's sonnet. It's heaven's hallelujah. It's the shout of the glorified. It's the song of the redeemed. It's the chorus of the angels. It's the everlasting oratorio of the great orchestra of the sky. Emmanuel, God is with us. Question is, what does it mean for us today? But I want to give you seven principles that come out of Scripture that I, that I pray would speak to us this morning. That I, I, I pray that this would become a reality, that this would become a revelation in our hearts and in our lives. Where first of all, uh, we need to know that God is with us when we're in a prison. First thing is we need to know that God is with us when we're in a prison. The Bible says of Joseph, And the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of of the prison warden. One of the phrases that appears again and again in Joseph's life is, and the Lord was with him. And the Lord was with him. And because the Lord was with him, he was granted favor. You know the story of Joseph. God uh, had given him a dream. And then the next thing he knows, he's in a, he's in a, a, a prison. He's become a, a slave and, uh, in Egypt. And, and I love the phrase because uh, Joseph could easily have given in to despair and bitterness, resentment and become cynical about the situation that he's in. Could have easily have begun to say, you know, woe is me and why has this happened to me and why am I going through this? And, but none of that seems to touch Joseph's spirit because he had a revelation of Emmanuel. He, he knew that God was with him. And if God was with him, then that's all he needed. All he needed to know was that God was with him. It didn't matter where he was. It didn't matter the circumstances that he was going through. All he needed to know was that God was with him. There are some of you that have been through so much in your life and so many challenges and so many difficulties. There was a time when you had a dream about what God would do with you and what God might do through you. And you've had glimpses of, of pictures of what, what the kinds of things that God might do in your life and through your life. But as you look at your life, you think, well, this is never going to happen to me. Well, this is never going to come to pass in my life. If that's you, I pray that this Christmas, that we would get a revelation of Emmanuel. That Emmanuel, God with us, won't just be a cliche. That it won't be just a phrase that we kind of sing at Christmas. That it won't be just some words that we, that we utter but don't understand the full impact of the meaning of what it is. That, that the reality of this will, will, will come in our hearts and lives. Because your future doesn't depend on your surname. Your future doesn't depend on your upbringing. Your future doesn't depend on the family that you were born in or your life experiences or your education. The only thing that we need in our lives more than anything else is to know that God is with us. And if God is with us, then who can be against us? Can I hear an amen? The angel comes to make this announcement and says, listen, I'm, a, a baby's about to be born. And, and, and his name is going to be Emmanuel because... He wants to be near his people. He wants to be near you and me. Secondly, Emmanuel means that God is with us when we're facing a battle. People of Israel in a season where they were being oppressed by the Midianites and an angel appears to Gideon and says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. 
Go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Well, we know the story about Gideon. Gideon leads 300 men into a battle with the Midianites and they won uh, this mighty battle against them. Now listen, there, there are all kinds of battles that we face in our lives. It's relational battles, financial battles, health, spiritual battles. Some of the greatest battles that we face are the battles in our, in our mind and, and in our own hearts. Situations that seem bigger and stronger than us. Situations that seem to be speaking to us. Giants that seem to be speaking to us, telling us I'm bigger and stronger than you. And here is Gideon hiding in a winepress because he's so afraid of the enemy. He's so afraid of what he's about to face. And the angel appears to him. Some believe it was a Christophany. Christophany is Christ appearing in person back in the Old Testament. And he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. It's powerful. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. If we're going to face the battles in our lives and overcome them, if we're, going to, if, we're going to, if we're going to face the challenges in our life and prevail, there's only one reason, and that's because God is with us. Jeremiah experienced this kind of op opposition continuously. God said to him, Today I've made you a fortified city, an iron pillar and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord Almighty. Might be some of you here today, you've walked into church and you're facing some battles. It could be external battles. It could be something happening around you. It could be something at work or it could be, could be something, you know, in your family or, or it's just, just a battle that you're facing around you. For some others, it's a battle that you're facing inside of you. You know, for those of us that have, that have, that have that, you know, gone through COVID, we went through the COVID season and, and in Adelaide, we were kind of boasting, you know, hey, we've been through that. We were laughing at Melbourne, weren't we, hey? Looking at Melbourne, oh, you poor guys, gone into lockdown, how bad for you, you know? And, and we're kind of looking there, not us, look at us, we're doing really, really well, you know? Because in Adelaide, we behave, can I hear it? Anyway, uh, next minute, there we go, we're diving again. And I don't know about you, but, but all these all these feelings started to come up again. And for some people that had kind of overcome some of these anxieties and fears, they're, they're back into that zone again, back into that zone of worry. And even if there's nothing much to really worry about, but then it, then it comes up again. And, and then you're, you're back into this battle with, with fear and anxiety and, and, and you're warring with this. You know, you wish it was an external battle. You wish it was something going on around you, but it's actually something that's going on in your heart and mind. How are we going to overcome those battles? The Bible tells us there's, there's only one way that we can overcome those kind of battles. It's a revelation of Emmanuel, that God is with us, that we're not fighting those battles on our own, that He is fighting with us and He will see us through by His grace and for His glory. Can I hear an amen? amen. Thirdly, Emmanuel means that God is with us in a storm. Apostle Paul is in a ship that's been a, in a storm for weeks. It's been dark for days. The seas are raging. Seems hopeless. They're, they're thinking, well, we're not sure when we're going to die. We're gonna, we, we, they, they're convinced they're going to die in this. They're not going to survive. But on the boat is the Apostle Paul. Paul stands up and says to them, Last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and to whom I serve stood beside me. 
stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So here, here we have this beautiful picture. And, 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 and uh, uh, Paul is in a massive storm. And it's dark. And it's gloomy. And, you know, it feels like they're going to drown. And the angel of the Lord comes. And, and, and God comes right there near him in the storm. And not only does he come near him, he gives him a promise. He gives him a specific promise. He says to Paul, Paul, don't be afraid because you're going to have to appear before Caesar. You're going to Rome and don't be afraid. You know, I don't know about you, but, but when we're going through a storm, when, when, when we're going through one of those hard situations, when we're going through one of those difficult situations, the greatest thing that we can do is begin to cry out to God. The greatest thing that we can do is begin to speak to God and pour out our hearts to God. The, the things that I long for as, as I begin to worship God and as I'm praying and as I'm seeking God, what, what I'm looking for is a word from God. Because as God speaks, He gives us a promise, a promise that we can get a hold of, a, a promise that becomes a beacon that we look towards. Uh, it, it becomes an anchor that keeps us from all the winds of uh, all the thoughts and all the, all the situations that are around us. No, I got a word from God and that word is going to see me through. Just finished reading the, the book of Job and I just love that book and I just love the story of Job. He's, he talk about a storm and talk about, you know, just, just waves battering here and there. He's got his doom and gloom friends, you know, so-called friends. You don't need friends like that, you know, trust me. He's better off alone and they're telling him, oh, there's sin in your life and God is punishing you and he's being tossed backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. And, and I just love that phrase in there where he says, listen, and I just want to meet with God. I just want to talk to God. I go to the left, he's not there. The south, the east. I just want, I just want to get a word from God. I just want to meet with God because I know if I meet with God, he's going to speak to me and that's going to see me through situations. There are some of you in a storm right now. What you need, what you need above all else is a word from God. What you need above all else is a promise from God. What you need is God to speak to you in that storm because it's, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to see you through that whole situation. Job 38 verse 1. And the Lord spoke out of the storm. And the Lord spoke out of the storm. Pastor Job, I've been praying for a while. I still haven't got, you keep praying. You keep praying because God will speak to you in the storm. He's the God who speaks in the storm. He's going to drop a promise into your spirit. He's going to drop a word into your spirit. And you get a hold of that word and you hang on to that word. Oh, it's not just a general word. It's a specific word. It's a rhema. It's a rhema for you. This was a rhema for the Apostle Paul. You need to go to Rome. And you're going to go there in the name of Jesus. Some of us have been saying, we're not going to, never going to travel again to Europe. We're stuck in Adelaide, Australia forever. Maybe this is a word for some of you. You need to go to Rome in Jesus' name. <laughs> He's going to see you there. Can I hear an amen there? Yeah, there's a few people that want to go to Rome. <laughs> Rome, they just, they're generous people. You probably get COVID while you're there as well. But anyway, uh, <laughs> it's uh, just joking. Uh, number four, Emmanuel means that God is with us when we stand for truth. Story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they refused to bow down to the king, so the king has them bound and thrown into a furnace. You know the story, and the good news is they were not alone. 
Daniel 3 says, the king Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of the gods. There are times in our life where we will come under fire because we, ref we refuse to lie, to cheat or dishonor God. Because we declare our faith in Christ. And some of you have friends or even family that know you're a Christian and especially around this kind of time and they, and they put you down and they make fun of you and stir you and try to get you to react in some way or another. I remember when I used to work in, in secular world and, and I remember you, you, they, they were forever swarming around you waiting for you to make a mistake. And so they could pounce on you. Oh, and you call yourself a Christian. That's, if that's you today, I want you to know that you are not alone. You're not alone. That Emmanuel is with you. He is with you. And I love the scripture in the New Testament where, where, where God says, and, and the Holy Spirit is going gonna, is gonna to be there right next to you. And, and when you don't know the words to speak, the Holy Spirit is going to give you the right words to say. Because he's near. One of the names of the Holy Spirit is paraclete, which means the one that comes alongside of us. He's right there near you. He stands with you in the fire. And he will see you through by his grace and for his glory. There's a song that we sing that says, All my debt left for dead beneath the waters. I'm no longer a slave to my sin anymore. And should I fall in the space between what remains of me in this reckoning? Either way, I won't bow to the things of this world. And I know I will never be alone because there is another in the fire standing next to me. There is another in the waters holding back the seas. And should I ever need reminding what power set me free? There's a grave that holds no body. And now that power lives in me. He's with you. Come on, church. I want you to get an understanding. He is with you. He's not distant. He's not in some corner. He's not somewhere else. He's with you. He's right there near you, encouraging you by the Holy Spirit. Number five, Emmanuel is the key to success. Look at what the Bible says about, about Hezekiah. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. He held fast to the Lord and didn't stop following him. He kept the commands of the Lord. And the Lord was with him. He was successful in whatever he undertook. So often we separate ministry and work and business. We have a set of values and rules for ministry and a different set of values for work and business. Nothing should be further from the truth. You know, we come to church on Sunday mornings and we put our halo on and we got the Bible under the thing and we look the part. You know what I'm saying? We look spiritual and holy. And then Monday morning, throw the halo off and the Bible over there and we become another person. It's not the way it should be. Hezekiah was successful not because he was smart or he had an MBA or he was a great strategist. The Bible says he was successful because Emmanuel, the Lord was with him. Some people think, oh, Pastor Joe, you don't understand. You know, it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world out there. You got to fight, you know, you got to get in there, otherwise, you never get a promotion. That's not true at all. If you have a mindset that says your boss is the one that promotes you, then yeah, that's what you got to do. I mean, you got to get close to the boss. If he likes chocolate, give him chocolate. No one wants to get a promotion here at church, I can tell you. You know, I can never get any chocolate. But anyway, um, you know, if that's what you got to do in the world, but Pastor Joe, if you believe your boss is the one that promotes you, then that's what you need to do. 
But if you believe that it's God who promotes, then you, you, you will behave completely differently. Because ultimately, it's not the boss we need to please. We are, first and foremost, we need to please God. Never feel like you have to fight for a promotion. Bible says, for promotion comes neither from the east nor from the west. But God lifts one up and brings another one down. So what does that mean? That means we do the best we can. We serve our bosses like we're serving God. And we, we apply for those jobs. We do everything that we need to do. But in the back of our minds is an understanding that it's God who lifts up and God who brings down. And if God is with you, you will be promoted. Emmanuel, when we, when we fear. Number six, we need to know that God is with us when we're afraid. Isaiah says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you by my, with my righteous right hand. Worship team, come. I wonder, has fear gripped your heart? Don't allow fear to grip your heart. And if it has, I want you to grab this scripture and, 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 and I want you to, to memorize it. So do not fear, for I am with you. Nothing will happen to you that God doesn't know about. Some people say, well, Pastor Joe, what if I die? <laughs> it's true. Well, I hate to break it to you. One day you will die. You know, it's generally the stats are looking like that at the moment. It's about 100% people end up dying at some point. But Psalm 139 says that the day we were born is written in the book. And the day that we will die, it's already written in that book. So eat as much chocolate as you want. It doesn't matter because it's that number's in the book already. Don't worry about it. It's not going to make any difference. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. We do everything we can. 1.5 meters, sanitize our hands. We do the whole block. We do the box and dice. But deep in our spirits is this understanding that God is in control. He's above every circumstance. He's above every situation. You know, I, I, I hear people... Talk about politics like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Really? God is in control. Thank God we have uh, Scott, I was going to go, Pastor Scott Morrison. I was going to say, we've, we've, we've got Scott Morrison is our, is our prime minister. Thank God we are blessed. We are blessed. We are blessed in our nation. But it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter who's in power. Because ultimately God is in power. Number seven, finally, we need to know that no matter what we go through in the future, God will be with us. Paul asks the rhetorical question, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ who died. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We need to understand this, that nothing will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Not your fears, not your doubts, not your insecurities, theological questions, brokenness, failures, not your mistakes, sickness, divorce, whatever it is, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. There's nothing, 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 nothing. Oh, Pastor Joe, you don't understand. You don't understand what's happening. I don't understand what's happening in your life. But God's Word says that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. 
because His name shall be called. Emmanuel is a baby that's being born and His name is going to be Emmanuel, which means that God is with us. The passage of Scripture reminds us that God is a God of promise, that God is a God that makes promises and keeps promises. And back 2,000 years ago, they were waiting for a promise to come. They were waiting for a Saviour. They were waiting for the Messiah. They were waiting for the one that was promised that He would come. And one day, an angel appears to Mary, a young, a young girl, and, and a promise that was made over 700 years before finally is fulfilled. Therefore, the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. How are you going to know that the Messiah is coming? Well, here's a sign. A virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son. Shall call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Today, we're not so much waiting for the Savior to come. We're waiting for the Savior to come again. Can I hear an amen? Mm. Got a sermon I'm going to preach in a few weeks' time on this very subject and we're waiting and just like God fulfilled that promise, so will the hundreds of promises of the second coming be fulfilled. The question is, are we ready for His return? That's the real question. And the real question is, well, how do I get ready? Well, God is with us. There's no question about that. The only question that needs to be answered is, are we with God? God is with us. That's, that's a fact. The question is, are we with God? And we can choose to live our life independent of God, ignore God, reject God. Or we can choose to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and experience the presence of God, that He is near. Some of you right now, you're in a place where you really need to know that God is with you. There's difficulties, challenges, trials, pain. And you really need to know that God is with you. I pray that this Christmas we would get a fresh revelation of Emmanuel. God is with us. Some of you feel like you're alone. I pray that you would get a, get a revelation of, of Emmanuel that, no, I'm not alone. God is with me. That He's not just a baby in a manger. That He's not just a historical figure, a religious leader, a man that is dead on a cross. That we would get a revelation this Christmas. That God is Emmanuel. God with us. And that He is with you. Come on, will you stand with me? We're going to sing. And you're in the middle of a storm, facing a battle right now. Maybe you feel like you're in a prison cell. You just can't seem to get out of it. Just bars all around you. No door to get out of that. Maybe fear has gripped your heart. Maybe you're feeling weak and vulnerable. I just pray that you would get a revelation that God is with you. So just, just, as we, just as I close in prayer, I just want you to just turn to the Lord. And I, 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 just, I just want you to say, Father, I just thank you that you're with me. Just, just get a picture of God walking into your situation, whatever that looks like. And I want you to get a picture in your mind, a revelation of God, of God just coming in, kind of feeling all alone. But I just want you to see Him coming into that place. I want you to see Him coming into the prison cell wherever you are right now. Because actually you're not alone. He's right there with you. I want you to see Him coming alongside of you in the battlefield. 
He's fighting with you. I want you to see Him in the storm. I want you to, I want you to see Him. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the waves are raging, but I, w- I want you to see Him walking on the water coming towards you. I want you to see Him dropping a word into your heart and into your spirit. Emmanuel, God is with us. And we just thank you, Lord, that you're not a distant God, disinterested God, disconnected God, that you are Emmanuel, the God that is with us. Father, I just pray for every individual that's here today, those that are watching. At home, Father, I pray that by the Holy Spirit, they would sense your presence even right now. That their eyes would suddenly be opened so they could see that they are not alone, but that you are with them, facing whatever situation they're facing. And that, Father, that they would not know that just intellectually, Lord God, but they would know that in their heart and in their spirit, they would sense your presence. And as a result, they would feel stronger. We thank you, Father, for who you are. Be glorified and exalted in this place, I pray. In Jesus' name. Thank you that the enemy is defeated. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. It's been so good to have you in church. So good to have you join us on TV. God bless you. You have a great week in Jesus' name. And we'll see you back next Sunday. Amen.